I'm Toby Wilmot. Welcome to my podcast. Hello, everybody. So my podcast is a place where I record pieces of writing that I've made just for fun. This is because when it comes to podcasting, I'm a massive nerd and something in me just can't resist emulating media which I consume. So this podcast is an outlet for that. Now, in my first few podcasts, I shared some sci-fi short stories, which I was writing as a way to explore the world of a novel I was hoping to write. The good news is that after a few months of planning, I'm well into writing my novel. Despite the planning, I still feel I have no idea what I'm doing. Anyway, the thing with writing a novel is I don't want to share with you unfinished snippets. I want to share the whole thing when it's ready. So for now, I'll be sharing something new on the podcast. As a writer and creative type, I've launched and subsequently abandoned many blogs. On one of these blogs, I wrote a short series of which I'm actually quite proud, and I figured that a great way to share these posts with you would be to represent them as audio pieces instead of dumping a wall of text on the Toby Walmart blog. So here's one of those for you today. The series is called Things I Said I Will Never Do That I Have Now Done. This one is called Drink and Drive. If you know me, then you'll be shocked to discover that I'm guilty of drinking and driving. Especially so if you also know that I have never owned a driving license. Since the dawn of CGI, there has been a wealth of public service commercials advertising drink driving. Much like the BCG jab for tuberculosis, these adverts are designed to immunise the next generation from shock violence. But as much as I enjoyed these as a child, they weren't really relevant to me. Firstly because I wasn't old enough to do either, and also because it was obvious that drinking and driving was a stupid idea. I didn't need to make any vows, I knew I would never do it. Then, many years later, I was 19, I was on a farm and I was drunk, and there, before me, was the opportunity to live a lifelong dream. A forklift truck. A guy named Alex was driving it around the courtyard and he was making it dance. Everybody was going wild and I was transfixed. Something about that sight affected me in a profound way and had woken up my inner child who was also drunk. There was no peer pressure, no struggle with temptation or second thought for safety. Toby wanted to drive. For three years afterwards, I told this story with my friends handing me the keys and guiding me to the wheel, which did make me wonder about their quality as friends. Recently, however, I learned that after a spirited attempt at clambering into the driving seat, I was dragged away by my very sensible friends. I had obviously used that part of the story to fill in a memory gap, because according to witness accounts, what actually happened was that later on I disappeared from the kitchen and somehow procured the keys. By the time someone had spotted me through the window, it was too late. Driving a fork lift truck looks easy, but it's not. In seconds, I had the truck ferociously spinning on the spot. This was probably for the best, because I was metres from two innocent Mercedes and a family campervan. Then, there was a crash, and the whining of a motor spinning wheels in midair. It was grounded. Thankfully, through the application of brute strength, a few of the guys managed to get to the truck and get it off of the raised section of concrete, and Toby's adventure on the forklift truck was over. That was until a few minutes later, when I was back in it, which I think is pretty sly for a drunk guy. Once again, I put the forklift truck straight back into my trademark spin, and once again, it was grounded. Somebody hid the keys after that. If you're not convinced that drinking and driving is a bad idea, think of it like this. It's like going to a supermarket with your pet crocodile. 
It's pretty cool, but somebody's going to get munched on eventually. Come to think of it, another thing I said I'd never do was to get drunk in the first place. But maybe I'll tell you about that later. Hey, that was pretty fun, and it was actually pretty short as well, so you know what? I'm going to do another one. This one is called Name Another Plant. Jess and I were looking for our first ever Christmas tree as a married couple, so it had to be perfect. We headed towards the section displaying the smaller trees and found what can be best described as the tree equivalents of the kids that stayed in the classroom at lunchtime. They were nice enough, but not quite right. However, in amongst the tree nerds, there was one that caught my eye. I don't know what it was about it, but something inside me told me that this tree had a name. We called him Daniel. He was a living tree, and we decided that it would be just wonderful to take him to a quiet spot outside the city and replant him. But before we knew it, it was the 27th of January, and he was still in our flat. This was for three reasons. One, it was warm inside. Two, we didn't have a shovel. Three, I loved him. You see, the idea of Daniel getting pulped into colouring books was just too much to bear, but so was the idea of going outside and digging a hole in the frosty earth. But we had to act, because a bit like a teenage son, he was swiftly becoming inconvenient. The council said that there would be a tree collection service every Monday throughout January. I was dubious as to the reliability of this information, but there was one Monday left, so while Jess was at work, I took Daniel outside and left him next to the bins and the recycling. The only way I could bring myself to do this was by telling myself that the light and the air would do him good. A week later, he was still there. The collection never came. We decided that perhaps we would replant him after all. The weather was getting better. We knew someone with a shovel, and we'd even discussed some ideas for places to do it. Maybe one day we would even bring our grandchildren to the same tree and tell them his story. The next morning, he was gone. I had never experienced a loss quite like it. I vowed then that I would never name another plant. Then, many years later, it was spring and a deep-set biological desire in my wife and I told us that it was time to bring life into the world. It sure as heck wasn't going to be a kid, so we bought some seeds. In a few weeks, we had three chilli plants, six pepper plants, three tomato plants, a bunch of basil and a pot of parsley. I was very proud of not destroying them, so I posted a picture on the internet. Jess suggested to me that we name them. Now, at this point, I had all but forgotten my vow, but there was still a residual sense of doom left by the Daniel fiasco, which caused me to refuse. Within a minute of posting the photograph, a friend had commented saying that the plants needed names, and within the hour there were 32 comments, and I was happily writing the names of each plant onto their respective pots with a sharpie. The next morning, I threw open the shutters, placed Harry too, and Weed and Beatrice on the window, and... As I did, I thought about how sad I would feel if anything were to happen to any of them. In that moment, I realised that I had made a big mistake. Perhaps, in looking after these plants, I will learn a beautiful lesson about diligence, patience and care. For now, though, I would say that if you ever feel tempted to name your plants, don't. It's like raising children which you know you will one day make into pesto. But that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening to me, Toby Wilmot, on my podcast. I'll be back next week with two more things I said I will never do that I have now done. Thank you.